listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. Ian, how long do we have you for today? Uh, I got to take off at like 3.15. Perfect, because me too. That works out well. I have 3.05. Nice. Oh, you have to be gone by. Oh, you have three, so we got a quick ep, an hour fifteen episode today. But you can you can get those last ten minutes in without me. I've never done that in the history of running public, and I don't intend to start now. I'm nothing without you. And I, you, Ian. Um, that's very sweet, Bracken. Uh, hello, Ian. How's it going, guys? <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, about two years almost. I think. Pretty are you playing hooky today? Me? No. I I kind of set my own set schedule, so I just got home a couple hours sooner than I normally do for cross country. Oh, you have practice today? Yeah. Yeah, high school. Hmm. Who do you coach? Uh, it's a local high school, Mount Vernon, uh, here in our hometown. I'm assistant hmm. coach, just second season. How'd you get hooked up there? Um, actually, the head coach coached me for a couple years when I was at Cornell. And then he's been coaching oh, there yeah. for, I think, 12 seasons at high school. So he pulled me in. They had an opening a couple years ago and pulled me in. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been nice to get around kids and get in some miles with the, the youth. <laughs> Do you spread it out or you just lead the the lead pack on their interval work each day? I, I don't do the intervals with them usually. I might do the last couple of reps. Uh, but any of the longer, easy runs, I'll just go with the whole group. Mm-hmm. Who decides what workouts are being done when it comes to quality sessions? Because you're pretty in the, you know, you got a, you got a cache of workouts, yeah. I believe. So who gets who gets to choose what these kids are really doing on the days that matter? You or head coach? Uh, head coach has a setup that he's been using that the kids like. So we might tweak it a little bit here and there. Um, like this week we're doing, we we're going to do thousands, and I talked him into doing like a 12,000, 8, 8, 6, 6, 4, 4, something like that. Um, we just said that workout. I know. Kirk. Actually, I thought about that right after and you said why two eights <laughs> yeah i did yeah just well keep, ian steals a lot of workouts he steals my workouts all the time i do he's stealing your workouts he's just a thief <laughs> he's like the robin hood of workouts didn't you steal a ian workout last week me yeah what workout i don't know you, i thought you said you went and did an ian workout to see for your birthday no that's stupid. <laughs> no. you didn't do one of his he did one of yours yeah, that's why we're going to get into it, but I'd like to take a little <laughs> bit of credit for all these records Ian set. And I actually only know of like one workout of mine he's stolen, but I think he stole one, he blew up, and then he did it again and nailed it. That's what I think happened. That's correct. That right? Ian? Yeah, just recently, yeah. actually. So explain yeah. to Kirk then, and I guess to me, 128864, why 28s? I don't remember the math off the top of my head. I was trying to get it right at 5k just so when they hit the hit the end of their watch they can kind of get like a a little pre- predictive what they might be able to run the eight or the the 5k okay 
something random to keep their mind off of instead of just doing rep after rep because we do a lot of that too um yeah just to keep it fresh and then trying to get them to hit race pace right away off the first one and then gradually go down i ran that one in the a6 ds trainer at the two on a 200 meter track and indoor at the uh the Williams Center at UW Whitewater in college. Nice. It's a lot of turning on a 1200 <laughs> and lightweight yeah. trainers. Some hot feet. So hot feet. So Ian, let's get to you. Normally we'll like bullshit a little longer and we'll, you know, dawdle, but we need to jump into things with you today. Cause we have a little shorter uh, time window. Sure. But the reason, the reason you're here today, um, is mostly out of selfish curiosity and diving into what you're doing because you are 41, Ian, is that correct? Correct. 41. Uh, I saw last week you ran 15-17 in a road 5K at 41 years old, and Bracken informed me earlier that you're basically going out attempting to set some master's records in the state of Iowa. And then I thought, well... Staying fast as you get older is not easy to do. You ran a 159, I think, in the 800 last year or something yep. like that the as a 40-year-old. Yeah. And and I can speak from experience, and I think Bracken, you probably can too. Now you're you're a little younger, but um, it's like the first thing that goes is your top end explosive speed. Yeah. And so somehow you're you're keeping it, dude. So I thought we should talk about what you're doing, like what you're trying to accomplish right now as like a master's athlete and then dive into maybe the nuances of sure. how to stay fast. And <laughs> yeah, we just did the woods episode, like the aging athlete. Yep. And then here you are running some real fast times. And so it's kind of like, listen, the end's near, but hope's not lost. Yeah. You're going to get old, but yeah. you can fight that. Yep. That's the idea. Hopefully see how long it lasts. So why are you doing it? Why why are you still pushing so hard at 41 years old? Why don't you just sit on the couch, have a beer, and relax, Ian? What's wrong with your wiring? Um, well, like Bracken said, I talked to him this spring about some goals. More more or less, I turned 40, and I had seen the Masters record list, and I like something, some bulletin board material. Um, not that I've been getting – I wasn't bored with OCR, but – just switching it up a little bit. I've all like the majority of my training the last few years has ended up being just running. I haven't done a lot of OCR specific work. So it was kind of my wheelhouse to just specify exactly what I wanted to do uh, for specific races, you know, time goals and use that as motivation instead of just, you know, hoping I don't miss a spear type thing. I get it. I think I just kicked your ass so bad down in Florida in December, <laughs> you just couldn't show your face again on a Spartan. It's true. Course. That's what I think. It's true. <laughs> you sent him into retirement. <laughs> Before we get deep into this talk, I want to be clear that you went on a master's record assault. You weren't hiding it or anything. So what records have you gone after and what have you run? Um, I want to get the, the data out there to set the tone. Sure. Well, I did the 5K last year that blazing 5k in Des Moines. Um, I, I think the old record was like 1550 and I ran 1536 there. Um, and that was, I talked to you guys a little bit about that. I got like 15th place and 
was 300 yards from the finish line and the finishers were cooling down, running back at me. I think they went 14-10. So that was a different race. I'd never ran a race like that. Um, and that was my first one. I, I was 40 by like a month or two when I ran that. And I did some specific 5K training probably four weeks before that. But otherwise, it was just base training, um, mostly just hitting some paces, the pace I needed. I, I knew I needed to hit, and then did that 5K, and then basically went in to winter. I did World's Toughest Mudder, so that was my A race after that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, uh, long grindy miles into that 5K, which I was happy to hit that time um, and get that one, get that one off the list, and then coming into spring. Um, did a pretty big base build over the winter and I knew the order of the races that I was shooting for, um, right away it was a 10 K at, to open Drake relays on the road. Um, and I think that was, can, can I stop you really sure. quickly? Sorry. Um, just for, uh, clarity. And again, most of my questions are to selfish curiosity. So I'll just get that out there, but, um, how is this governed? So, a USATF certified course? Is that how this is going? I believe or so, yeah. Track, track meet, or can I just show somebody my Strava and they can not, add me to the Not list? a track meet. These are just Iowa road race records. And it's it's just... So that's a road yeah. exclusively is yep. what you're going for. And it's not okay. like there's no building that this is etched into somewhere. This is just a local, you know, some local run guys that have kept track of it for the last 40 years. Um, so it's not... Go ahead. Sorry to keep interrupting, but my big curiosity is I don't think I've ever run a 5K where, like, my watch agrees with 3.12 miles when yeah. across the finish line. So they always go by official finish time yep. for these races, yep. these these loose records kept. Okay, yep. now you can move on. Sorry to interrupt. I do think – Curious. I think they do want it to be a certified course because, um, obviously, if you go around a 2.5 5K somewhere and run 13 flat, they're probably going to – want to see some data on it but yeah generally certified course and honestly the only way to get these times short of last weekend i guess when i ran by myself is to hit the big races where it's fast and flat and get pulled along in my opinion and some of the race distances like the big seven there's only one seven mile race in iowa uh there's only a couple 10 mile races you know so you're more or less it was short of the 5k 10k you're basically limited to a few races that you can get in and it's it's not track either it's it's road specific so which rate bracken asked what, what did you ask bracken yeah so you started up you built in and your first race of this year was your 10k on the road to kick off the drake relays yep um and that that went okay i ended up the record I think was 31 50 ish, 51 or two. Um, and I went 32 six, I think. So just missed it. Close. Um, kind of frustrating. The, the course on my watch is like 500s over. Um, so I would have basically been right on it, but it is what it is. Uh, it was a little windy that day and cold. So a little bummed about that, but moved on. <laughs> Um, and that's act- a stout record. I would say that that's the toughest that record one, might yeah. be m- more impressive than the old yeah, 5K yeah. record. Yeah, well, that's, that's sub-16, obviously. Stout. I mean, that's – I wasn't hitting yeah. – I've only ran si- below 16. Uh, I hadn't broke 16 on the road till last year. So, yeah, that 
the 10K is probably the going to be the toughest one. Um, and then a week after that, I ran the 800 at Drake, which unfortunately that's not on the list. That'd be more my wheelhouse. Uh, and then a week after that, ran the mile. Um, that's an, it was another one of those fast, you know, 20 guys under 415, um, which that was on the track. So that one wasn't a record attempt. It was just more, I was in decent shape and just wanted to see what I could throw down for a mile while I was still. What'd you run in the eight in the mile? Uh, 159 and then I think 426 in the mile. So I, I was pretty happy. Not yeah. the 1600. Yeah. Yeah. 1509 or 159. What? Uh, 159. What matters? I feel like. I think 2.2. I think I went 59 flat and then 60, just over 60 for the splits. How much did it hurt? What was the most painful of all three of those? Uh, the mile, the eight, the 5K, or the 10K? Uh, the eight was pretty bad, but honestly, I've ran 151. Not that my body can handle that anymore, but that's it's a full-out sprint, but it's not like I was – gush and lactic acid it was like it's not that far off of what i'd run in a mile in terms of how much i was pushing i guess so really i mean i was Mm -hmm. my hamstrings were tight but it wasn't like 10 minutes later i could have went out and ran a mile so completely different than you know 100 mile or world stuff is muddier where you're shut down for 36 hours more or less (laughs) you do have kind of crazy range you run a 151 800 meter dash and you've run a 100 mile race. That's very, very good range. Well, and I'd say a lot. I think Bracken, you got both of you guys probably have noticed a lot of the good long distance ultra guys uh, have kind of a mid distance background. Or some of them, mm-hmm. some of the best ones do. Because it's more of that gritty, you know, how bad do you want to hurt? I've kind of compared it to if you had a syringe of pain and you just, the 800 is like, it's just a dump all at once. And the hundred miles, the same amount, but it's just like a slow drip, 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 you know, just enough that it's uncomfortable, but it's not impossible. If that makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It makes it seem a lot easier though than it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So 40 on, just talk the 40th birthday and on. Yeah. List off your, I mean, I know you, you've had a strong running acumen already, so obviously you've been training and racing for years, and of course we have to acknowledge that, but you've maintained a high percentage of your capabilities. You just said you hadn't run under 16 in a road 5K until yeah. last year, so obviously yeah. you're even getting better right now in your 40s at certain events. So list them off for us from the 800 on up. What are your 40-plus best times whatever however far you want to go with that sure um yeah 800 was 159 mile track 426 i hit 419 on the treadmill a couple years ago uh the 5k was last weekend yeah five it was actually 519 chip um chip time um 1519 yeah or 1519 sorry um 8k was another record i went for this july I went 25:44 in that, and that was actually, I think my PR from cross country was like 26:12 or something. 
So that was actually a PR. Um, the 10K was 3206. Uh, I I probably raced three or four 10Ks ever, so that was a PR. Um, and then that I think that's it so far. Um, For that, that what did you run? 2546, you said? 2544. 2544. Yeah. What did you split in the 5K there? I don't know. Pretty fast. So it had to have been <laughs> quick there. Yeah. Probably 15 30s. Probably. 15 30s. Yeah. So that might have been your 10K day right there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's, those are fast times. Well, prior to 40s, what were, what were your best PRs across the board? That's it. Oh, you mean, so I never really ran 5Ks. Uh, mm. Mid 16s out of college because we never raced 5Ks. I didn't do them on the track. Um, I was just eight, 800, basically. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was it. <laughs> hmm. So these yeah. are your lifetime PRs. You're yeah. listing off your lifetime, other than the 800 on the track or maybe the yeah. mile. When it comes to, like, real world, get out on the roads, what every man or woman can do in their adult life post-collegiately, you PR'd in everything longer than a mile yeah and you've done it all at 40 over 40 you've literally done all your prs at 40 plus. yeah lifetime PRs. yeah so you hear about this you know you have somebody who finds running and they're 33 or they're 35 and they come into running and they and their trajectory is different than yours they end up pring in their 40s because um they don't have many miles on their legs and their trajectory is different than yours but you've been at this consistently like your entire adult life so that begs the question then, like, what are Ian Caskey's secrets to success? Like, why are you are you getting faster at 41 years old? Like, riddle me that. Start, I, and then I'm sure we'll have plenty of follow-up I think there's a, there's a couple things. Um, honestly, I feel I actually did take a pretty big break. I raced a couple years just sporadically after college, maybe like three or four road races a summer. And then I, I kind of shut it down. I was running a couple times a month, if that, until, until I got back in, uh, to Spartan racing. So there's like 10 or 12 years where I was, I mean, I was active, but I was not, I was not training hardly at all, if any. I was basically just working. So I was in okay shape, but I wasn't, I wasn't maintaining any sort of base. Um, so I, I think, getting back into it and then slowly building the base back up um, like six years ago, seven years ago is when stuff really started to click. Actually, it really started to click in the last like two years. And I think that's just from getting the benefit of the, you know, 2,500 mile a year, 50, 50 mile weeks for four or five years that I basically missed out on that whole time. And even in college, I wasn't, I was probably a 25 to 30, 35 mile a week guy, even in cross country, you know, we weren't hitting big mileage. So I probably left a little bit on the table back then too. So you've recommitted. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) In that episode, we did talking about the aging athlete. We said you have to find a way to manufacture speed work or it goes away. And it doesn't have to be typical speed work, but you have to find a way to keep your legs moving faster. You lose it. And the other style is finding the type of workouts that still move the needle for you as an athlete. 
And I want to hear about those two things. One, how do you keep enough speed to run 159 as a 40 year old? And then how have you, what kind of workouts have you found move the needle for you and allow you to recover and stay healthy at 41? Uh, the speed, I would say, I think you guys talked about it here a couple of weeks ago in the last two weeks. I was training for the 10K, uh, which I think I was hitting right around 512 pace or whatever on my training. That was my training pace. And then for like two weeks, three weeks, maybe before the 800, I just went out and did short 800 workouts, you know, typical two, two, four, four, you know, fast stuff, trying to hit specific paces, um, no huge workouts, maybe two, two and a half miles of work. Um, but I think having that base and this a little bit of speed in my legs, I think my body reacted pretty quickly where if I had been, you know, working out on 800s and then tried to bump up to the 10k, it would have been a disaster or it would have taken a lot mm-hmm. longer. So it was just kind of a real quick sharpening session. And I honestly didn't think I was going to go that fast. I was thinking more like 203 or four. Um, but it just, you know, it helps when you're on the blue, blue oval Drake, you know, kind of pulls a couple extra mm-hmm. seconds out of you. <laughs> um, as far as workouts to move the needle, um, I, especially in the winter and early spring, I rely on the treadmill sign um, just to, like I can hit exactly the time, exactly the pace, duration, you know, hop on, hop off. It's dry. It's sterile. Like it's not fun, but you can get exactly what you want out of it. And it's like I've told you, like some, I've actually have better PRs on the treadmill than I do in, in the real world, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just from so many hours of zoning out and being able to just, mentally tell myself okay i'm i'm hitting start and it's going to go to this and i'm going to stay on it until this amount of time and then i get off and then i'm done you know just to me that's easier than towing the line at a track by yourself and being like all right here i'm going to run a 62 and then a 63 like to me that's a lot more difficult so whether or not that's a tool any everybody would have success from i think that's been a big key for me um, especially training alone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You 0% or 1% on the treadmill kind of guy? Zero. <laughs> what do they say? Do you buy into that? The, uh, oh, I don't know, the 13 seconds a mile for no wind resistance or the, do you buy into any of that? I'm sure there's something to it. For me, mentally, I like seeing those numbers. I like seeing maybe a faster pace than I'm actually capable of outside but then i feel like when i get to a race that difference is going to be negligible so i feel like adrenaline is going to get me to that time anyway so i just i really like you know erring on the side of speed than bumping it up to get something real world real world time well we're both kirk and i people that do our speed work at more like three or five percent but we're not preparing for the track or the roads. Mm-hmm. I think that matters when you're wanting to do hill work or you're wanting to not take a pounding. But if you need to run pancake flat, I think 0% treadmill makes more sense. Yeah, I agree. There's a little bit extra pounding between 0 and even 1% that matters. Yep. There's that little angle of how your feet hit the ground. 
you're more of a four foot striker at an angle than you are flat. And that little piece matters when you're trying to yeah. like split tenths. Yeah. Well, and I think too, just practicing that forward lean, like leaning into mm-hmm. your stride, even that 1% is going to change how you plant, you know, how all your muscle chaining, your leg reacts and everything. But I know it's a pretty small difference, but yeah, that's, that's how I've always, always ran. Anybody who runs on the treadmill a lot can feel, I can feel the difference between zero and 1%. Oh, definitely. I can feel it, which people think that's silly, like 1%. But there is something to say about the efficiency in the turnover piece. Like if you're teaching your legs to turn over faster, sure, there might be some nuances that would say, oh, it's not really like equivalent to running outside. But turnover is sort of turnover, isn't it? That's yeah. why we say downhill running can help you with your speed because it allows you to turn over faster and use gravity to your advantage. So I can get on board with that. And I do see a lot of the things I see from you is a lot of treadmill work more than most, especially in the the off season. And then I see some really slow running on your recovery days. Yeah. Like you go out and just for your top end capabilities, you run slow when it's time to run slow. Like you're not, I'm not dissecting your training, but I'm dissecting your training in the sense where easy days are easy. Hard days are hard, hard. You aren't doing anything terribly fancy or like something that I've never heard of or seen before, but you're just overall consistent. And I yeah. will say that I always see speed work in your weekly training. Like I don't, I can't even think of a time maybe where it was left out. Yeah. Is that about right? My summary of your training? Yeah. I would say for the last five years, six years, it's something, some sort of speed work on around a Tuesday whenever I can fit it in uh, faster with more recovery Thursdays longer tempo lactic threshold type stuff short recovery and then a long run somewhere and it's unless I'm recovering from something or tapering that's that's all I've done and I I don't script my workouts out I've kind of tried and it just it doesn't work for me so it's like I might 15 minutes before I go do my workout, decide I might even be in my warm up on the treadmill thinking like, uh, what makes sense? Eight by or 10 by 800, or do I want to do a one, two, three ladder? Like, and I'll just kind of see how I'm feeling. Um, if I'm not feeling like fast, I'll maybe swap Tuesday, Thursday, you know, do something. It's a little bit slower, but get it in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not very sexy. <laughs> And I, my high school kids and even the head coach just kind of, they've asked me several times, like, what what specifically would you do? And it's like, it's run 50 miles a week, most of it easy, for like five years. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it, and it's, it's not sexy at all. And it's, you know, you're out there in the slow runs and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere. But yeah, I can attest, especially in the last two years, it's been, it's been huge for me. For sure. So, fifteen nineteen for a five k. What is that per mile? Four fifty four, I think. Right around four fifty four. What would your typical easy pace be for an easy run or or a recovery? Recovery. Seven forty five to eight. Yeah, I mean, depending on terrain, but even if I'm jogging around a track, it's no faster than seven thirty. So you're going five k pace yeah. plus three minutes. Yeah, I will say since you guys had Alden on, I have thrown in 
maybe once a week, I'll throw on something with some carbon and go 6.30, 6.45 on something flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, I check my heart rate more. You know, it might might be a little faster, a little slower. I try to keep it, for me, it's under 145. So I'll just cruise and try, try to get a little bit of extra speed out of that week. Um, but that's something I've just added in. I don't know when you guys had Albin on three months ago, probably in the last three months, I started kind of sprinkling that in. And what, what have you found with doing that? If you're on your super shoes and you do one more up-tempo run per week, what is that? What, what's that felt like? What's happened? I think physically it's maybe helped a little bit. I think mentally it's helped probably more just because there's not a lot of times where like you'll time trial top end speed a lot. You don't really test your middle ground speed, I guess very much. So just being able to go out and run, you know, eight miles at six fifteen, six thirty pace and know that my heart's not heart rate's not jacked is a confidence booster for, you know, if I get it in into a marathon or something in a few months, I feel like my aerobic base is as good as it's ever been just from a few tests here and there that didn't take anything out of my week. You know, I wasn't sore the next day. If anything, I was probably looser than I would have been normally, if that makes sense. Yeah. We've had a lot of people. It's funny, out of all the interviews we've done in the last year, that one might have changed people's training the most. Mm. Or maybe not changed it, but more people have implemented that than almost anything else we've talked about. Yeah. Well, and it's hard when you're paying too- 280 bucks for a pair of shoes to throw it on for a trainer is you know yeah but i just i just figured eventually these are going to get replaced so instead of getting 300 miles out of them maybe i push them six or 700 miles and run them till the tread's gone do you use them on your interval days in your tempo days typically yeah yeah as a 41 year old athlete has that made a difference to you? Not obviously it changes the speed of your days, yeah. but does it change how hard the workout hits you afterwards? I feel like I'm less beat up. I have noticed my Achilles are more tender than normal than they typically are, mm-hmm. but not to the point where I'm like scared they're going to tear. They're just sore. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's from, I mean, I wear carbon 90% of my mileage right now. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, I got, like the, the gravel roads, I have the Carbon X. So I do a lot of my even slow runs will be in the Carbon X. Or the, the Tecton X, sorry, not the Carbon. Mm. You know, you were shoes. you were the first person I knew, like on a, on a friend basis, that switched to carbon-plated sh- super shoes. Yeah. You got me into it. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I think it was the Carbon X... I, I think I had them for two a day and I went to that hundred mile and I jogged around the parking lot and then it's like, yep, these feel good and warm in that hundred mile race. And I, that's, that's my best hundred mile to date. And I, you know, <laughs> I got up the next morning and walked out and got in the truck, you know, not hobbling around. So whether that was, I remember some we or talked before it, that, that definitely helped <laughs> talking before that race. I think, I remember correctly that your plan was I'm going to start in them and I'll switch when I yep. when I need to. Yep. He just wore them. Yeah, they felt great. So, so you were um, 
Oh, sorry. I just want to keep, wrap keep, this up. Keep on the shoe thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so you, you wear your Tecton X on your gravel and trail yep. runs. Yep. What are you wearing for your – do you do any road running? Um, I'll either wear the Rocket X if I might be going a little bit faster or just mm-hmm. the, the Clifton's, Hoka Clifton's. I wear those a okay. lot on easy runs too. And then on interval days, what are you using on the treadmill? Um, I've got – a pair of vapor fours that are a couple years old that are about shot. Yeah. I try to use those. I've used the carbon X or the, the rocket X, poker rocket X yeah. quite a bit. Um, and then I do, I'll do the alpha flies. If I'm, you know, deep into the cycle training cycle and I'm trying to really hit some fast times, I'll throw those on. All right. What do you use for your threshold days? Same stuff. Yeah. I would say so. If I'm on the yeah. track, I'll wear the Alpha Flies just because I know they're not going to get beat up. And then you race in the Alphas yep. regardless of road distance? Yep. Yep, so far. I've warmed up to a marathon. I've ran two marathons in them. And, um, yeah, 5K, 10K, 8K. I think I'm actually going to wear them in a cross-country race next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it a groomed golf course? It is. Yeah, it's a pack Good. down, yeah. I got smoked by a guy wearing the vapor flies in a 25k with 2,000 feet of vert. Yeah. So anything's possible. <laughs> that dude just ran 104 in the half. By the way, oh my god, that's got to make you feel better. It, a little, but also worse at the same time. It's one of those things. Um, I want to have him on the podcast. By the way, I'm going to slide into his DMs. But um, okay, so let's give the people something here, Ian. By the people, I mean me. You've been stealing from me, you've been stealing from Bracken, you're just a thief. Well, I want to steal a little bit here, Ian. It's my turn. I want to take. All right. And I want other people to take, too. So so let's talk nitty-gritty here. I'm understanding there's no one key to success. It's an accumulation of five years of consistent work, nothing terribly fancy but showing up and having a rhyme or reason to the setup of your week. Now, much like you, I'm an intuitive trainer. I can understand what my body probably needs that day. I can feel it in like my bones. I'm like, I need turnover today, or I need Mm. turnover this week, or I got to climb. I just haven't. I can read that week to week, and I don't often decide until the day before the day of what's needed. So I'm very much like you. Now, we're in the minority. Most people need a script and a schedule to stick with because they don't have like me, 25 years of endurance training and intuition to go on. Yeah. So they need they need workouts they can pick out of a hat, let's call it. Yeah. So I think we should give them some. I think you should help people understand. And maybe you're going to give us nothing that's mind-blowing, but that's <laughs> kind of okay too because, because that's what people need to hear. Bracken and I often say, like, you never hear a successful athlete go back and be like, well, I just hit this one key workout and it changed my fitness. And now I popped a PR. Like, it doesn't work like that. It's hitting workouts consistently over time. Yeah. So the point I'm getting at is you mentioned your two quality sessions a week, one being shorter and more rest. Let's call VO2 max work, biomechanical efficiency work, and then one being more threshold work, longer, grindier, less rest. And then you mentioned the long run. So, Bracken, if you're cool with it, I think we should just jump into just start slapping workouts around a little bit to give us an idea what these things look like Um, because I think it's important for people to hear. Like what a fast guy that's 41 is doing. You cool with that, Bracken? So cool. All right. Oh, man, this is going to be good. So why don't you walk us through some of your 
Uh, if you had to throw like 10 of your favorite true speed yeah. workouts in a hat and start picking them out, like what are some of the first ones that come to mind? Your workout spank bank. <laughs> it's a family program bracking. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff I still use from leaderboard, honestly. Um, <gasps> another thief. Look at this guy. You should and, be getting well, residuals. And one thing Ian's generous around Christmas time. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, Patreon, I'd call that. Uh, I would say one thing I found out in the last year or so, too, is I can take something like the 60-60, the 60 seconds on, 60 seconds off. I can use that for a 5K workout or 10K workout or a 10-mile workout Mm -hmm. or half marathon, whatever, and just change the quantity and the speed. Like I just did... Uh, 60-60 actually not come to think of it this might have helped out this 5k that I wasn't planning on running um, I did this 60-60 two weeks ago I think at 4.30 pace for 24 reps and that the only reason I did that is I got on Strava and I went to see the last few times I did 60-60 what paces I was hitting and that was when I did like five years ago and it was and I died the last couple of reps. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to see if I can hit these paces and maintain it. And it worked. Um, but a lot of times, like for the 10K, I would have done that at maybe a little bit faster than race pace. So instead of 512, like five flat and gradually brought it down at the end. Um, so that's that 60-60 on a treadmill is huge for me. Um, Simply brilliant, actually. Yeah. Simplicity yet brilliance of being able to scale that simple workout is fantastic. Because you are right. You could use that for, honestly, you could use it for mile prep if you yeah. had to really yeah. stretch it. And you could use it for marathon prep. Just gauge your pacing, gauge your reps, well, tighten the, the screws at the end, and, and then if you you're And if you're using it for mile prep, so maybe you do 16 reps at slightly faster than mile pace. And that takes, what, 16 minutes well, guess what? You just your heart rate was just jacked. 30, for, thirty-two minutes. Thirty. Thirty-two minutes. So your heart rate was just jacked for thirty-two minutes. So you just did an eight k or ten k workout while you're doing your mile. If that makes sense, because yeah. your your heart rate's not going to dip much in that sixty seconds. So that's kind of a. I just did thirty thirty yesterday. I like thirty thirty two. Yeah, for real fast. Stuff. I did twelve rounds aerobic threshold, twelve rounds at five k, twelve rounds at three k, and then just held like a four to six minute steady state by two at the end. Yeah, like that's not that's an amorphous workout, but it just you. I let my body progress through it. Yeah, Th- those super simple workouts allow you to change other pieces of it. Yeah, I think a foolproof approach to that workout is is the progression just i'm gonna hit 10 reps at this and i'm yep. gonna ratchet up 10 and then it's gonna tell you when you're done like you're be like i can't keep it anymore yeah. workout's over yeah i exactly. love that simplicity yeah i i find the 30 30 is harder than the 60 60 that 30 seconds that heart rate doesn't come down enough do you guys find the same thing like 30 30 looks easier on paper but when i'm in it i'm like this sucks more i do yeah but i think it's yeah. more uh like if you were trying to hit a mile you can you can really hit some high end speed on that because you're you can do anything for thirty seconds. It, I mean, to yeah. me, that's it's tough, but it's not like I'm not hating life quite as much as this, the full sixty. I think right, <laughs> and I think most of us are probably the same way where we don't cheat our work. 
So we're like, we are up to speed hands off the bars yeah. by the time the 30 starts, yeah. which that's a second or two ramp up. And then we wait until it clicks over to the full 30 seconds and then decelerate out. So it's really more like a 34, 26 when it comes down yeah, to it. Exactly. And when you only have 30 seconds rest to work with, losing four or five is really valuable. Yeah. Yep. We're in the 60, 60, like what's a 64, 56. Yeah, you don't notice exactly. the difference, but 34, 26, yeah, <laughs> you know, every second you lose. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite speed works. Um, otherwise if, if I'm doing specific speed, I really like to go on the track just because hmm. I, I kind of, I guess that's where I grew up doing speed work. So it just gets me right. like, kind of like when you walk, like you guys are talking about having a home gym and it, you get the floor down and it smells like a gym. Like when I go to do a workout mm-hmm. and I get on the track and it's hot and it smells like, you know, a track, it's like it's time to do speed work. So I, I use the track quite a bit. Um, even for like fartlek work where I, I might be running the opposite direction in lane eight, but I'm on the track. So my mind is, is, you know, more tuned in for that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of, uh, ladders i don't know specifically it it varies so much on what race i'm going into i guess um but yeah ladders maybe 200 up to 800 and back down if i'm doing something shorter or maybe four eight mile back down in some sequence um for more like a 5k um and that those have those have been kind of bread and butter for probably the last five years for me when you're doing ladders up and down are you walk or run your rest in between it depends on the day if it's if it's speed i'm taking uh standing recovery faster pace mm-hmm. if it's threshold or a lactate lactate threshold then i'll do a jog between and i'll have a, a targeted pace for that jog even so that i'm not just jogging around right you know with no, with no direction, I try to try to hit something specific. It's crazy how much the target pace of the rest determines your work in mm-hmm. those workouts. Yeah, like that difference between eight thirty pace or seven thirty pace on your recovery says, "Can I run five minute pace or four thirty pace yeah. on this next rep?" Yeah, uh, and actually, I guess that's. I was going to go into 400s, um, and that that's in between pace makes a big difference on those two. So, I, uh, speed work I'll do four by 400 by four, you know, for four miles of work. That'd be a 5k workout Peace. for me. <laughs> uh, and, I, and occasionally I'll Kirk, do. Kirk, I feel thinks he invented that workout. Yeah, and I'll give him that. That's your workout, Kirk. Is <laughs> every junior high coach in the nation? <laughs> uh, that was my college coach continue and there are times we'll all start off with the full race race effort 800 before that and then go into the four by fours which i think you guys Ooh. have both done those too just smoke the leg fast and, start yeah. is one of the most brutal style of workouts you can do yeah i i, think I stepped it, away for a second did i did i miss after you guys talked about 60 60s did, what did we move into just on ladders speed. on the track Oh, okay. We don't need to dive into it. I'll I'll listen back. Yeah, the fast start for me, um, 
I, I feel like no matter what workout you're doing, when you get to the part where your legs are trashed, but you still have however many reps left, to me, that's where most of your gain is made. Like you've gotten to where you already are and now you're going to hit, you know, your last two, three, four reps at a pace where you feel like shit. Or when you do the fast start, to me, that like bumps up that feeling to almost immediately where you're, you're fatigued and now you're trying to run race pace, which like for a 5k, that's yeah. that last mile, mile and a quarter where you're like, there's no way I'm going to hold this. Your legs feel like shit. Everything feels like shit. And you're like, you're just in it. Where if you can practice that, you know, with that fast start, get that feeling for all 16, 400s, then it's a little bit more bulletproof in your mind on and body, I guess that when we get to this point, there's still a lot left in the tank. Like don't back off. And I, I, I like to use those, especially a couple weeks, two, three weeks before race where, you maybe are doubting if you can hold that pace. I'll do something like that to just so I can check that box. It is the track version of compromised running. Like, how do I get more out of my workout? Does running 400 really translate to a 5K? Blow your legs out with a long rep yeah. and then run four by four by 400. Yeah. And every one of those reps feels like the last mile and a half of your race. You're in it now. Yep. Sometimes when I've done that, it can be. I don't know, because it can make those reps then seem so much more taxing, like much more effort to maintain pacing. I've had that workout build and also bust my confidence at times. Like sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I'll always hit that first one hard and I'll be typically happy with that effort, right? But then afterwards I'm like, dang, like now I'm a step behind. Do you ever find that is the case or do you just lock in and it doesn't matter? No, that definitely happens to me. Um, And I'm sure you've seen there's – probably once every two weeks I'll have a workout where it's like it completely falls apart. It might fall apart 10% in and I just give myself some slack and try to come give myself maybe 48 hours and come back. I'll do a completely different workout two days later. That's not even related and just more times than not, I hit a home run. And I think it's just cause probably part of it's cause I'm older and I'm probably not recovered. I might, might be three days from a hard effort. Um, but just giving that a little bit extra time, not, you know, getting down in the dumps about having one shit workout and then come back and just nail something. I've, I've found that more often than not to be the case. Yeah. There are workouts that get you to the race and there are workouts that get you to the finish line. And that fast start and then hold on and do your workout does not get you to the start line always confident. Mm -hmm. Not always, but it gets you to the finish line. Mm -hmm. That's what I found with that one. I I went out on a whole block of that. I did something like four, three or four weeks straight of only fast start track workouts and fast start compromise workouts preparing for that inaugural Warrior Dash World Championship where we knew there were already three Olympic trials or Olympians in the field. And there wasn't going to be an obstacle for over a mile. And I knew I was going to get out hot. And I just did that for three straight weeks. And I arrived at the start line like, I haven't had a good workout in almost a yeah. month. And then the race went well because I could run when I felt terrible. But it certainly didn't help my confidence prior. Did yeah. like a 15-year-old VJ Jones end up leading that race? 
He led the first quarter mile, yeah. And then Max <laughs> King took over from there. And so, Ryan Woods, I believe. So, so Ian, so you got to pick three. Let's just say you got three workouts for the rest of your 40s that you, you're pigeonholed. I'm, I'm cornering you. You got to pick three of these fast, spicy, anaerobic, lactate, the, or VO2 max type workouts. What are the three you're picking? I want the sp- exact specifics. That's, uh, to stay fast or get fast. Um, again, it depends on pace, but if it's just pure sprint speed, probably a, a 200, 400 ladder of some sort. Cause I don't think you really need it to get any longer than that. If you're just trying to hit pure speed. And for me, if any, any, what would that look that, like? uh, probably like multiple rounds of like 200, 200, 400 or, um, mm. two, three, what kind four. of rest? Let's break it down for real. Uh, again, it depends on how many reps I'm doing. If I'm just going to go out and try to, uh, see how fast I can run 800. I do a 400 rest 60, 30 seconds and do a 200 rest 15 seconds and then do 200. And that's, that's a pretty, you're not going to move the needle much, but it tells you where you're at. Um, Mm -hmm. and then if I was going to use it as a workout, I do the same thing, but like double the, maybe even triple the rest and do it like four or five times. I like it. I want to say we did that one, a t- that 224 break, 224 break at Whitewater a lot. I think it was 200 jog rest after the twos and 200 walk slow rest after the four. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. But that's a tough one where you speed, speed, longer distance. That really that 400 feels like forever when you yeah. do that style. It does, but then that first two after the long rest always feels like, ooh, I got juice in my legs. Yeah, I like doing I like them like that. That's good stuff right there. I like the doing them backwards the though too, starting with the four and finishing with the twos, so you hmm. you can kind of compromise it both ways. Where, yep. you know, it's not as easy to run a 200 when you're full lactic acid from that four. So you might go like four, like in a workout sense, you might go like 460 seconds rest, 230 seconds rest, 200, and then take maybe like a two minute yep. rest, reset, do it yep. again. But you're giving yourself a good amount of rest between sets. So you're allowing yourself to run fast. Yeah. And then if you're going for a race predictor, let's say you could break yep. it, you could do a version of that for the mile or the yep. 800. You're just shortening that rest. That makes sense. That's a good one. Yep. What, uh, what else? You got two more workouts into perpetuity. Well, I'd throw that 60-60 in there, but we've already gone over that. Um, That's all right. Trying to think what else. I, I like I like the fact that you would bring that back up because it's you can't get a more basic, simple no. workout as that. Yeah, and you the can... The fact that you would keep it... You can do means that. ...means that it's worthwhile. You can do that at a hotel when it's negative 20 out. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not flashy, but it, you can do it anywhere. Um, otherwise, I I would do some version of... 400 repeats and based on what I got coming up yeah it's simple but it gets the job done (laughs) and I've got tons of data on it so I know where I'm at you know from halfway through midway through the first rep till the end of the workout I can tell what kind of shape I'm in 
um, and what kind of what I need to work on. Am I dying at the end? Am I, you know, finishing hard at the end? Then I, I know I can bump it up next time. And what about staying power workouts? Hold on. Oh, sorry. I'm jumping the gun here. For once, it's me slowing us down. I want to know specifics of like your favorite 400 meter workout. Like, let's, you said there's different versions. Let's give us your one standby 400 meter workout. I'm also, I'm going to be a little surprised to say that the longest distance of your, you're an endurance athlete racing 10 Ks for your two speed sessions, you capped yourself at 400 meters for all of these. True which speed, I find interesting. Yeah. Just shows, it shows, well, right. Well, right. We'll get to the other half exactly, but just shows how important it is to keep those short, fast, biomechanically efficient reps in there. For sure. Uh, as you as you age. It sounds like you're doing something like that once a week, which I certainly am not. Most people, as they're aging, certainly aren't hitting 75-second or less reps every week. So I think that's noteworthy. But I want you to dive into the 400-meter repeats. Like, what are – give me an ex- – give me your, your one workout. Rest everything. Um, there's one we used to do in college we call gut check. And I, I do it like maybe every three or four months, some version of it, but it's, uh, 400 at probably 5k. So maybe start at 75 seconds and you get two minutes rest and then do it again. You got to hit that pace 75. If it's 76, then the workout's done. So you drop the next one down to 150, 150 recovery, keep dropping the recovery by 10 seconds, five seconds, whatever. I usually do five seconds. As it gets under a minute, I'll go to five seconds just so I can get some more reps. And I'll try to time it out to where I get 20 reps in. And you end up so that the last rep, the last two reps, is you're just doing an 800. There's no recovery. But the one right before that, maybe you had 10 seconds. Mm. And you're hitting the exact same pace for your 5k effort or 8k effort whatever um just dialing it in but decreasing you know decreasing the rest to where you're going to feel a lot different obviously the last half and the first half what does the rest start at i do two minutes so pretty big recovery to start two minutes and then chop down the first like 10 reps you're not feeling that bad but then that it's i think there's been tread Kirk, you had a treadmill version of this kind of where you started at like 7.30 pace maybe and went went up 0.1 mile per hour per quarter mile or something until you can't. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's a pretty similar version, and I've done that a couple times too. And that's that's an indoor version, I guess, of the same thing where you're – I guess your paces are starting slower, but you're really like slowly pushing the throttle, slowly, slowly – and when you get to where you know you're in trouble, you're fucked, and you just have to hold on and try to get as much work done as you can. You know, it goes down. It goes down quick. <laughs> I think that mentality right there is getting to the point where you realize, oh, because you hit that in every 5K or 10K, mm-hmm. unless you're the best person there. Generally, sometime between a mile and a half and two miles of a 5K, you realize this only gets worse from here. And so fabricating those moments in training is really, really useful. Yeah. Otherwise, it hits you and you're like, I might as well just stop. Yeah. Well, and also if you it's, get 
if you get through those last few and it's like, yeah, I feel kind of shitty, but not that bad. Well, then it's time to bump the pace up five seconds a mile. You know, you're going too slow then. You always leave those workouts satisfied and confident because you're going to end up getting a lot of reps in. Eventually that workout will win and you know it will. So it's not a failure once it does. But I find the interesting piece of this being that on one hand, you're like, start like a bat out of hell and do an all out 800 and then settle in. And now here it's like you're starting conservative and methodical. It's like both ends of the spectrum you're practicing and you're training. Um, but more than anything, you're learning to nail a pace. And yeah. so many people are out of touch with what nailing a pace feels like, um, that that would be a really good one for people who aren't in touch with their pacing. I mean, like pick a number, you know, you can hit for a 400 many, many times, give yourself the format you outlined, and then let's find out. You can get real dialed in quick. If you hit a minute rest and you can't hit your goal pacing, then obviously you started too quickly. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's a good one to like really learn your limits, something like that, that descending yeah. rest ladder is what I label those types of workouts as. And, um, they always win. That's yeah. the fun part. Well, not mm -hmm. real quick. As far as dialing in pace, I'm not going to lie. I look at my watch probably every 10 or 15 seconds when I'm doing those workouts. Uh, but that also trains me to when I get in the race, I've done it so many times, you know, I don't necessarily need to look at my watch, but I'm also not going to go stare into the sky and pretend like I know what 512 pace feels like three quarters of the way through a, a tough workout. I'd rather just, you know, use use what I have at my disposal, use a GPS, dial it in exact, not a second slower or faster, and try to try to get that feeling more more often than not, if that makes sense. When you are aiming for personal bests, PRs, um, you need to be dialed in that much because if yeah. you're gonna squeak every second out of your current fitness, you need to know your pacing that intricately or that yeah, intimately for sure. if you don't you're not going to you're not going to see your top end potential so you need to become a master of your pacing it's very true um now bracken i think we should get um we got about 15 minutes here we should get to your threshold work your grindier stuff um you happy to move on now bracken to your question yeah i mean i don't want to feel like i'm rushing things i i want to sit and listen to these workouts all day <laughs> Well, I think here's the thing is, so we just gave them the flash, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that the flash isn't what makes you good. I yeah. mean, it becomes more and more important as you get older, but what we're about to talk about next, I would argue is the most important part of your training. Most likely whatever we're about to hear, um, it is the foundation in which the speed work is laid upon and speed mm -hmm. work is null and void. If there isn't a foundation to, it's like the icing on the cake, the cake is your threshold work and the icing the fun, the good part is is the speed work that we just talked yeah. about. So, like, what is the cake? I'm going to say it for the third time in the last week, Kirk. Oh, boy. The speed work or the flashy stuff doesn't make you great. But you can't be great without those pieces. Like, doing that alone doesn't get you there, but you don't get there without some of that present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, what's the cake, Ian? What are we talking here? The grindy workouts? Gr grindy workouts. Yep. Stay power. Threshold stuff. Um, going to the boring road race stuff, it's just mile repeats for me. And then varying rest. Nothing, nothing flashy there. Just something I can stomach. 
it's a uh, amount of time I can gut, I guess, not get too frustrated about it. And I've gone mile repeats for anywhere from 5K up to a marathon. That's especially on the, the treadmill. Pretty simple to dial that in. What are, what are some of the – oh, go ahead. Ask give, me three, give me three different mile repeat workouts. Show us how you would modulate that based on a race. Uh, 10K, I just divide it up, and mile one, two, three, four would be at goal race pace. Maybe the first rep a couple seconds slower just to emulate a real race and then hammer the last two as hard as possible. Um, just drop it to where it doesn't seem feasible to hold that. And if, if I got to back off a little, then I back off. But if I can hold it, then I know that I've got, should have what I have to need to finish a race. I like it. Six reps, six reps, maybe a 400 finisher at the end, all out just to get the What kind of rest though. Uh, I would say two minutes jog recovery, and that would be specific pace. Like if I was right now, my jog recovery pace is seven flat is what I'm shooting for. I found that I can lower my heart rate there, but I'm also still moving pretty good. You're going to get hate for calling seven-minute pace jog recovery. but <laughs> It doesn't feel like jog recovery at the end, no matter how how fast you feel it's it feels like death Mm -mm. (laughs) i hit a a solid mile repeat workout i did i do five or six by a mile six six by a mile and i closed pretty hard was proud of that i think i closed in 445 with a quarter mile jog recovery which ended up being about a minute 45 to a minute 50 but people seem to be more impressed with my jog recovery pacing than they were with my mile repeats (laughs) and i was like dang that's not the point but i will say that if you're going to keep, we're almost talking float territory here, yeah. which we still have yet to define perfectly. But that, I think, is the key between novices and professionals is a lot of times in these. See, now you're labeling this a threshold workout, which I would argue mile repeats. I do when I see need to speed up sometimes. But if you're taking a jog recovery at seven minute pace, that's your rest. We're in threshold territory most of the duration of that yeah. workout. And most people will do mile, three minutes rest. Yeah. Mile, three minutes rest. And that's okay. That serves its own purpose. But when you're talking seven-minute pace jog recovery in between five-minute pace intervals, that changes. That's not even the same workout. You might yeah. as well be on different planets with what's happening. And so that is one of the key differences I find between, like, the studs and the amateurs is, like, that rest has purpose. You just said I'm aiming to hit a goal pace on my rest. Yeah. Most people don't think that way. I just want to point that out. Well, and again – not to go back to the treadmill, but it's it's dead nuts accurate. I just put in 658, and it's going to take me 658, whether I want to go there or not, and I just hold on, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm not guessing. I'm not looking at my watch. I'm just, you know, holding on, trying to get through the workout. So that's – for that type of workout, too, I, I find it a lot harder to hit those paces outside, especially when it gets real tough. Um it's difficult to really nail those paces where the treadmill is not gonna, not gonna lie. 
Treadmill might be the best tool out there for a an athlete who trains alone in order to teach holding on. Mm-hmm. Like if you know you're not going to be the fastest at your upcoming race and you're going to have to latch on to something one notch ahead of what you should be doing, set it and forget it on the treadmill probably is your best way of getting there. Yeah, I agree. You could argue that it's not the same as outdoor running and it's not, but it's the closest you're going to get to, hey, get on their shoulder and stay there. Yeah. All right, give me a marathon mile workout. Marathon mile. Uh, I would probably probably cap it at like 12 miles total and do four sets of three with uh, anywhere from an 800 to a mile jog recovery between marathon pace, you know, those whole three miles. Similar like setup, it. two minutes jog recovery between miles and then a further recovery yep. between sets and aiming to hit, I'm, I would assume in that workout, you're aiming to hit marathon pace minus 20 seconds a yeah. mile or something like yep. that, I would guess. Yep. Yeah. What's your favorite mile repeat session? The shorter one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably, I really five miles to me um is a good solid workout especially with the the jog recovery between because then you're get if you do five you're getting about 30 minutes total work um and you can you can really fine tune and again you're only i say only but you're only on for about five minutes so that's again mentally for me easier to wrap my head around um so yeah that's i use that workout for 5k up to 10k i would say i like that what's the most impressive Kirk? what do you got well i just want to know other other threshold state power work we've only focused on mile repeat Mm -hmm. so far the the hardest one i've done was the one i did uh a few weeks ago for my birthday which is a another 400 workout the 41 by 400 uh with a 200 jog recovery um and that it ended up being 15 miles so well 15 and a quarter i guess and that was uh it's almost a mix between the 60 60 and 30 30 because that 200 only takes i was i was trying to hit i think 645 pace for the 200 so it was about 50 seconds recovery and it's the same thing, Bracken, were you talking about the 30-30 where you come out of the 400, you've got four or five seconds where you're decelerating. And then I usually accelerate into the next 400 so that I'm not starting from a dead start. So that leaves like 40 seconds of that, you know, recovery pace. Um, mm-hmm. And that workout destroyed me. It was really hot that day, so that didn't help, but... I felt like garbage for about, uh, I would say the last 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> what pacing? You made it 11 good reps. <laughs> well, uh, and what honestly, the workout, the, the workout worked out well because I am I have a 10-mile race that I'm running this weekend, which would be uh, 40 reps of 400 would be 10 miles. So I, I actually came up with it that day because I was trying to think of something to do. Um, so I would, I hit what my 10, 
my goal 10 mile pace would be, which is like 517 to 519 on the, on the ons, which sucks. It was not fun. <laughs> yeah. But those workouts, the nice thing about them is, yeah, that's a ton of volume, but I bet you there isn't a mentally quicker 15 miles you've done recently. No. Like how no. quick when you're just focused on the next rep, the next thing, and suddenly you're like, how am I six miles into this thing? Yeah. Those mentally go by really quickly, which yep. is nice. Yeah. What's one would... more? Do you ever do Do you ever do like staple? I'm just looking at the clock, so I'm moving us yep. along here. Um, staple threshold work, like a threshold run, a tempo run without any prescribed rest. I love them. Tempo cut downs. Yeah, you know, hit a certain heart rate and peg it. Do you do much of that, or do you sneak it all into varied interval work? Which is one way to do it. It's interesting because Bracken and I kind of preach that longer grindy stuff, and what you're preaching is longer grindy but interval sessions with short rest. Yeah. Um, do you ever do any of that? I do some. I would say maybe one out of every three, and it'll be okay. And, so, and a lot of times it might be on my long longish run for the week, where I might go run ten miles and do a cut down the last five. Um, but yeah, if I was doing specific, just a threshold run, then it, it would be real similar to the, to that same cut down to start it, maybe start it a little bit slower than whatever race pace I'm going to be racing and cut it down, you know, five, 10 seconds per mile as far as I can. Pretty simple. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. I want to know the most impressive treadmill workouts you've ever done because you are the opposite of me and it blows my mind that people can be like this where you can perform on a treadmill all alone. I struggle to hang on to a pace on a treadmill and you can run paces that you sometimes can't run on the road. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what, it, what are like 1450, 5k on there, 419 mile, ran 2430, five mile. Or no, 20, 24, 15, five mile, uh, Jeez. 30, 15, five or 10 K. And then I've done several, not several, a handful of 20 mile runs at six minute pace, right around six minute. And then there's yeah, the, you can just the lock cut in. down ones like that one Kurt had a couple years ago. That was actually one of the toughest ones. Uh, the quarter mile cut downs. And I think I ended up getting down to like 440 or so pace. So then that means like the last four miles was at like, I don't know, 510 or below. That's Wait. brutal. <laughs> what treadmill do you have? Uh, it's a commercial treadmill. I can't even remember the name. It's a, it's a decent one. It goes up to 16 miles an hour. So 344 mile. You had it a long time. I've had it like five or six years. Yeah. Where'd you get it? Used from some gym. <laughs> yeah. It weighs about 900 pounds. That's good though. Yeah. From a gym, you know, it's going to be some sort of commercial grade yeah. that'll hold up typically. Um, all right. I got to ask Ian, you've not once mentioned hill work. I get a couple sessions take? in. Uh, well, right now, take? running the roads, it's not that I don't think that it's beneficial, but I, it's hard for me to say that I need to do it every week or even every two weeks. So I'll hit uh, 
some some version of a hill workout probably every three weeks. I'm I'm guessing for your speed session. Yeah, like in place of a speed. Okay. Yep, yep. And I, I'm doing some hillier work on my runs, just not specific hill work. You know, there'll be some hilly trails or gravel roads that I run. But yeah, probably once every three weeks, I'll hit maybe a half hour, 45 minute hill workout. But it's not sure. something you live and die by like no. every week. Like for me, if I don't have one workout, even if it's a recovery run that I'm focused on going up, I feel like I'm leaving something of my fitness on the table. So I was just curious. When I was uh, concentrating on OCR where everything's silly and trying to do the Ultra Beast and stuff in Tahoe and uh, trying to get lots of burden, yeah, I was hitting it twice a week. But again not running a lot of hills in any of these road races. So I don't, don't hit it really any more than I have to, I guess. Hmm. Okay. I thought I'd ask. Bracken. So what's left? Yeah. What's left? What do you have? I mean, are you just going to keep hitting these and try to keep lowering them or are you targeting certain distances? What's less left on your list? Uh, there's a 10 mile one next weekend or this coming weekend. Um, what's the record you said five seventeen ish pace yeah yep and then a half marathon i think three weeks after that um and what's the state record for that 110 30 or something it's 528 pace. okay and then the marathon i will hopefully get one in next spring and i think that's 228 maybe 230 Right around there. So these aren't soft masters no. records. And then I got to go back to that 10K probably next spring. Try to get that. That's, that's your sole focus there. There, like... there is the big seven, I guess, seven mile race. I missed that this week. We were in Utah on a family vacation. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to try to get back and hit that. That's it. <laughs> How long can you do this for? How long do you think you can keep getting better before you have to get slower? Uh, at least another couple of years, I think. I it, yeah. it would kind of depend on if I focus specifically on one distance, maybe. But I don't. I don't even. I'm not even convinced that that's a way to get faster either. I think kind of hitting a full range throughout the year has actually been beneficial too. Not getting locked in on you know, specific, specific distances. There's power to anybody. I know we focus a lot on like the aging athlete lately and maybe it's by design, maybe it's by coincidence or whatever, but I think there's power to finding like a renewed sense of purpose as you age. Right. And things like, like for me, people are asking, well, you're hardly racing this year. And what, when are you going to race? You got all this good fitness and what you're wasting it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am. But you know what? Like when I have 40 next to my name, I'm going to be so inspired to go out there and kick your 25 year old behind. You have no idea. There's something motivating about keeping high end fitness. Once that, that calendar turns to 40, that's very motivating. And so I'm just biding my time over here and I can see how fabricating a new sense of purpose. Once you get into your forties is like a real thing. I'm sensing that's where you're at. Yeah. Well, and I'm not, I'm not living or dying by these times. If I don't, if I don't get the top time, it's not like I'm I'm not losing money. I'm not losing sleep. It's more just something that gets me out the door to train every day right now. 
And that's probably going to wear off in another couple of years, whether I hit every time or I'm short on a few of them. It's, you know, I'll find something else that gets me going. That's I think key, world's it? toughest motors coming up this year too. So that might be something that I hang around a little longer, you know, into my late forties. If it, if it still gets me going. You doing it this year? Yeah. Yep. All right. That's the plan. Let's find How's your out grip. If, sign out of 1519 translates. It's going to be a packed race too. Now that the Spartan ultra got canceled. I have a feeling a lot of yeah. those guys are going to be showing up there too, which would be cool. Yeah, it's going to be a loaded race now that I think about that. Yeah. OCR Worlds just got deeper because of that, and now Worlds Tough as should as well. Yep. Bracken, it's time, isn't it? you got to probably go pick the kids up from school. Is that what's going on? Got to go get the kids. Part of being a dad. Well, anything we didn't ask? I sort of just wanted to squeeze the life out of you with this workout and speed stuff, to be honest, just to give people are responding really well to like, um, I'm posting these workouts of the week and I'm getting a lot of just like people hungry for workout ideas. And I thought, well, the young people are hungry for workout ideas and I'm guessing the aging crowd is hungry for workout ideas to keep them fast. And I thought this would be a fun episode to be able to just give people stuff they can do. Yeah. We don't often do that, do we, Bracken? So I think it's no. it's good to have one of these once in a while. For sure. And I want to finish by just saying it out loud that I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Thanks, man. It's it's one thing to watch someone you don't know do it, but like we've been racing together for years. You don't strike me as a master's athlete, and that gives me hope that when I get there, I won't feel like a master's athlete either. Yeah, that's just Ian. He yeah. happens to be 41 now, but he's not, he's not like a 41 year old guy. And that's, it just makes it less imposing. Yeah. So for whatever that's worth, I, no, I'm very good. grateful for what you're doing. I appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap. That's a roll. Thank you, Ian. No problem. Thanks guys.